This is the May 5th reading on the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast as we continue our journey reading through the one-year Bible together. And we're going to jump in with our Old Testament reading today, Judges chapter 21, and then we're going to start a new book, the book of Ruth, one of my favorite Old Testament books. So I'm really excited about that. Judges chapter 21. The Israelites had vowed at Mizpah, we will never give our daughters in marriage to a man from the tribe of Benjamin. Now the people went to Bethel and sat in the presence of God until evening, weeping loudly and bitterly. O Lord God of Israel, they cried out, why has this happened in Israel? Now one of our tribes is missing from Israel. Early the next morning, the people built an altar and presented their burnt offerings and peace offerings on it. Then they said, Who among the tribes of Israel did not join us at Mizpah when we held our assembly in the presence of the Lord? At that time, they had taken a solemn oath in the Lord's presence, vowing that anyone who refused to come would be put to death. The Israelites felt sorry for their brother Benjamin and said, Today, one of the tribes of Israel has been cut off. How can we find wives for the few who remain, since we have sworn by the Lord not to give them our daughters in marriage? So they asked, Who among the tribes of Israel did not join us at Mizpah when we assembled in the presence of the Lord? And they discovered that no one from Jabesh-Gilead had attended the assembly. For after they counted all the people, no one from Jabesh-Gilead was present. So the assembly sent 12,000 of their best warriors to Jabesh-Gilead with orders to kill everyone there, including women and children. This is what you are to do, they said. Completely destroy all the males and every woman who is not a virgin. Among the residents of Jabesh Gilead, they found 400 young virgins who had never slept with a man, and they brought them to the camp of Shelah in the land of Canaan. (sighs) Disgusting, right? And as a reminder, what is the theme of Judges? What have we discovered? Judges is all about this idea that the people didn't have a king, so they did what was right in their own eyes. And we've said over and over that the same is true of us. Uh, When you don't have a king, a moral king, uh, a literal king even, uh, you do what is right in your own eyes. That's why we have laws in the United States of America, and every country has laws. Why? Well, because governments know that if there's not laws, people will just decide on their own what is right and wrong, and we kind of don't trust each other for good reason. In areas where there's no laws, guess what? There's increased murder and all sorts of things that you and I would not consider to be good things. There has to be laws and consequences for those laws. Kingdoms know that. Well, the same is true overarchingly. And without a kingdom, um, what do we do? Well, we all decide what is right and wrong in our own eyes. We all have our own kingdoms. My truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. Jesus comes to abolish that. Jesus comes to live a righteous life you could not live. He completely lived up to God's law. And then he died a death you deserve to die. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Well, two primary reasons. Number one, to pay for the sin uh, that you were supposed to pay. You deserve death for your sin and Jesus died. Why? So that he could give you his righteous life so that you could get life that you don't deserve. You've been made pure in the sight of God. God's wrath and justice has been fully appeased. And two, he does it to exhaust the powers of evil and sin. Like he defeats the kingdoms of sin. How do you know that, Blake? Well, three days later, he rose again. Uh, He resurrected. And this is new creation bursting forth. And he promises us that we can be a part of that same creation. He will restore the whole world and he will restore you. He is instituting a new kingdom. We have to decide to repent. 
which is laying down our crown and worshiping and praising and following King Jesus. We're no longer doing what is right in our own eyes. We're doing what Jesus would say is right. The way we say it on this podcast is we repent from our wisdom to, we turn to, the wisdom of Jesus. Yeah, so we see this evilness, and it's not God saying these are good things. Just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean it's a a prescription for what we should do, as some people who hate the Bible try to make it out. No, it's just a description of what happened when the people had no king. This is the evilness that they created. And by the way, let's not be too hard on them, because we've all done some evil things ourselves. And if we had no authority over us at all, um, we might be surprised by the evilness that we each could commit. Verse 13. The Israelite assembly sent a peace delegation to the remaining people of Benjamin, who were living at the rock of Rimmon. Then the men of Benjamin returned to their homes, and the 400 women of Jabesh Gilead, who had been spared, were given to them as wives. But there was not enough women for all of them. The people felt sorry for Benjamin, because the Lord had made this gap among the tribes of Israel. So the elders of the assembly asked, How can we find wives for the few who remain, since the women of the tribe of Benjamin are dead? There must be heirs for the survivors so that an entire tribe of Israel is not wiped out. But we cannot give them our own daughters in marriage because we have sworn with a solemn oath that anyone who does this will fall under God's curse. Then they thought of the annual festival of the Lord held in Shiloh, south of Lebanon and north of Bethel, along the east side of the road that goes from Bethel to Shechem. They told the men of Benjamin, who still needed wives, go and hide in the vineyards. When you see the young women of Shiloh come out for their dances, rush out from the vineyard, and each of you can take one of them home in the land of Benjamin to be your wife. And when their fathers and brothers came to us in protest, we will tell them, please be sympathetic. Let them have your daughters, for we didn't find wives for all of them when we destroyed Jabesh Gilead, and you are not guilty of breaking the vow since you did not actually give your daughters to them in marriage. So the men of Benjamin did as they were told. Each man caught one of the women as she danced in the celebration and carried her off to be his wife. They returned to their own land, and they rebuilt their towns and lived in them. Then the people of Israel departed by tribes and families, and they returned to their own homes. In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And that concludes the book of Judges. Moving on to the book of Ruth, a beautiful little book that I am excited to jump into. Ruth chapter 1. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Mahalon and Kilion, They were Ephrites of Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, not to be confused with Oprah. Oprah is not that old. She's not in the Bible. Uh, (laughs) You need to go back and read this in the paper, because almost every time I want to say Oprah, but it's not Oprah. It's Orpah. Okay, continuing on. That has nothing to do with anything. And and the other, a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Malion and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone, without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. 
So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to their homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi? the woman asked. Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Lord Almighty has made life very bitter for me. Mara, by the way, means um, it means bitter. <laughs> so she's like, change, change your name from Naomi to bitter. Just call me bitter old lady. Yeah, she's uh, not in a good place. Verse 21. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such great tragedy upon me? So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. That concludes our Old Testament reading for the day. Moving on to the New Testament, John chapter 4, verses 4 through 42. He had gone through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, who, um, by the way, is the he, I should have mentioned that at the beginning of the reading, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at that time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides... Do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? So what's going on here? Um, Jesus is at a well. A woman comes up to a well. And Jesus is talking about a thirst that only he can quench. And the lady right now doesn't get it. She thinks he's still talking about real water. And 
Um, Jesus replies here in verse 13, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, talking about the real water. Verse 14, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. (laughs) She's still not getting it. Verse 16, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. For you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Verse 19, sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship Him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When He comes, He will explain everything to us. Now, it's important to know that Jesus' name is not Jesus Christ. A lot of people think Christ is Jesus' last name. That's not true. Christ is a title. It is the one that the Jewish people were expecting, the Messiah that was to come, um, that would ultimately fulfill the promise in Genesis chapter 3, crushing the head of the serpent, offering salvation for the Jewish people, yes, but um, through the Jews, the whole world was to experience this salvation. And uh, she says, you know, hey, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. And then look at what Jesus says to her, verse 26. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah, and the one you're talking about, lady. Verse 27, just then his disciples came back and they were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? Why would they say that, guys? Well, remember what we just learned. This lady, for one, is a Samaritan who was seen as less than to the Jewish people, and she was a woman who was seen less than, and she was a woman with a reputation. She had five husbands and wasn't married to the one she was living with. So they're like, why in the world would Jesus be doing this? But they, they're not going to say that to Jesus. Uh, little do they know Jesus is God and can hear their thoughts. But anyways, verse 28. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. <laughs> I love it. They don't get it. <laughs> who, who, who gave him a snicker bar? Verse 34. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. 
When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. And my friends, that concludes our New Testament reading. And I would just encourage you to do the same. Let me be the woman at the well, saying, Here is a man who knows everything I ever did, and he loves me. And I can tell you as a Christ follower, somebody who's put my trust in him, believing he is who he says he is, there is a bubbling spring within me that quenches my thirst. I don't have it all figured out, but I can tell you that I've never experienced anything like I experienced following Jesus of Nazareth. I believe fully he is the Christ. And I don't want you to just believe me upon those words. I want you to hear the words for yourself. And my prayer is that everybody listening to my voice would one day be able to say, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. That is how we enter into the gospel, the good news, just by simply believing. Not not just saying we believe or believing mentally, but at the depth of our core, being awoken, coming alive to the truth that he is the savior of the world. He is worth laying everything else down for. And when you come to that conclusion, it is one of the most amazing things that you'll ever experience. And you're beginning one of the most amazing journeys you'll ever experience. So if you're not there yet, that's completely fine. I invite you to follow along and listen for as long as you need to listen. But let me just tell you right now, my prayer is one day you would believe in this Jesus of Nazareth and see that he is the savior of the world. Moving on to our proverb of the day, Proverb 14, verse 25. A truthful witness saves lives, but a false witness is a traitor. And finally, 15 verses today, Psalm 105, verses 1 through 15, will be the psalm that we're praying through. And uh, when it's longer than 10 verses, generally I just read the whole thing and then pray at the end. But I would encourage you to have a conversation with God today, verse by verse, or a few verses at a time. You just read, and uh, whenever you feel led, you pause me, or if you're reading a paper Bible or a digital device, obviously it's easier. You just read a few verses, and when you feel led, you pray. When you're out of things to pray, you read some more. And then you pray some more. Conversation, back and forth with God. The Psalms are given to us to help us worship and to pray. So here we go, 105th Psalm, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let me pause here. I know I said I'm going to read the whole thing, but just want to, it's been a while since we've actually prayed verse by verse, so to kind of model. So what I would do here is I would pause and I would do what it said. So let's do that. Lord, thank you for all that you've given me. God, thank you for my family. Thank you for the blessings I have in this earth. And Lord, thank you for the gospel message, uh, Lord. And you are great. Lord, I need to proclaim your greatness more often. How amazing you are. Stunning it is, Lord. The things that you've created and the things you've done in my life. And uh, stunning of all is that you want to have a personal relationship with me. And you've made a way for that through Jesus. And then what I would do, friends, is just continue reading and praying as I go. So I just wanted to do that for that first one to kind of give you an example of what it looks like to pray verse by verse through the Psalms, continuing in Psalm 1. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exult in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Remember the wonders he has performed. 
his miracles, and the rulings he has given. You children of his servant Abraham, you descendants of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His justice is seen throughout the land. He always stands by his covenant, the commitment he made to a thousand generations. This is the covenant he made with Abraham, and the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, and to the people of Israel as a never-ending covenant. I will give you the land of Canaan as your special possession. He said this when they were few in number, a tiny group of strangers in Canaan. They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. Yet he did not let anyone oppress them. He warned kings on their behalf, do not touch my chosen people, and do not hurt my prophets. Lord, thank you that I get to be counted among your chosen people. Lord, I am a part of your family. I am a citizen of your kingdom not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Lord, I praise you for this, and I thank you for this. Lord, I do pray that you would give me the courage to uh, worship you. And um, that courage might not be the right word, Lord. I pray that you would remind me of why I worship you, so that I might proclaim to the nations what you've done. It'll be my only response. Just as the woman at the well could not help but to contain her excitement over you, Lord. I know that as I look at you and I read your word, it builds in me an excitement that I can't help but to share with others. Lord, give me courage on this mission. It is in your name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me today. That concludes our reading for May 5th. Hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please share your thoughts with me because this uh, is not meant to be an individual podcast. It is meant to be a podcast and community which is why we call it the Reading Through the Together podcast, Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. And I do hope that you'll join me back here tomorrow for another day of Reading Through the Bible Together.